Welcome to The Drill Down, the business stories behind Stocks on a Move. I'm Corey Johnson. Today, September 15, is episode number 96. Well, just ahead, mattress maker Casper struggles as its CEO is busy launching other businesses. And why hundreds of former Pfizer employees jumping ship for diagnostic company Exact Sciences. And when it comes to fighting cancer, we're going to focus on the benefits of cell therapy versus stem cell therapy. We'll talk about how Legend Biotech is weaponizing T-cells to fight cancer. Legend Biotech CEO joins us, Dr. Ying Huang. But first, it's sponsor time. The Drill Down is brought to you by ERA. Never miss another critical event or insight ever. With ERA, customize your company watch list and track key events, mentions, filings, and more, all within an easy-to-use, customizable interface. That's ERA, A-I-E-R-A dot com. And The Drill Down is now available on Player FM, yet another place you can listen to the show. And of course, you can follow us. You can subscribe to the feed and even leave a review and let the rest of the world know what you think of The Drill Down Podcast. And The Drill Down is brought to you by Braintrust, a global talent network that matches highly skilled technical freelancers with the world's most reputable brands. Braintrust has helped clients like Bank of America, Goldman Sachs, Porsche, Under Armour, and more build agile tech teams fast at a fraction of the cost. Visit Braintrust.com, that's B-R-A-I-N-T-R-U-S-T.com to learn more. All right, I'm Corey Johnson. Welcome to The Drill Down. We will have the business stories behind Stocks and Move. We will also have the three most important developments in the world of business today with executive producer Isaac Webster. Isaac, what have you found that we got to know about what's going on right now? Let's start with Merger Wednesday. Today's a Wednesday, right? We're recording this on a Wednesday. Sure, but you want to call this Merger Monday? Let's call it Merger Wednesday. Maybe or, somebody's listening to the show next Monday. Yeah, who knows? Maybe Merger this is a blast. Maybe someone's listening to it last Monday because of time travel. Whoa. Have you thought about that? Wow. Uh, actually, this just blew my mind. I need a moment to process that. But, but while I'm processing what you just said, I'm going to tell the story. Canadian Pacific Railway and Kansas City Southern have agreed to a roughly $30 billion merger deal. Finally. If approved, it would be the first major railroad merger in the U.S. in about two decades. The agreement comes after Kansas City Southern said Canadian Pacific's offer is better than the one it had accepted from Canadian National Railway. Right. There were some uh, government clearance that had to happen. This is also really interesting. We talked about this in that interesting uh, Westinghouse airbreak episode that we had. There are new technologies for managing the logistics brought on by Canadian Pacific. And so... Perhaps they will get better economies out of the business of Kansas City Southern. Also, really important Mexican uh, railroads. Rail routes? Routes? Routes. Routes. Route. Routes or routes, either one. What's on the top of the building? Roof or roof? Oh, You're from roof. Missouri. I call it a roof. What do you yeah, call it? Go. Some Missourians, your people call it roof. You're going way off the rails right now. <laughs> Number two. <laughs> All right. Number two. Let's head over to China. Beijing's increasing pressure on the real estate sector, on its real estate sector, is raising questions about how much economic pain China's leaders are willing to stomach as they rein in yet another industry. In August, Chinese home sales by value tumbled 19.7% year over year, the largest drop since April 2020. Growth in Chinese home prices and real estate investment has slowed while construction starts fell over 3% in the January to August period compared to a year earlier. So real estate pain in China right now. Yeah, you saw the story, about maybe you found this with the Evergrande News, Evergrande Group. It's is all it. linked. Yeah, this is. it's all part of the same story. Property Do developers said that? they weren't mm-hmm. going to make their loan payments, uh, causing some people to be pretty upset. Um, but uh, yeah, uh, uh, 
the the recommunization perhaps of China, you know, pulling back on all these these capitalistic enterprises um, are have some global implications here. Yeah, they do. And finally, Robinhood is going on a college tour to recruit new customers. This despite criticisms for gamifying trading. Uh, Robinhood is going to give students who sign up for brokerage accounts using their school email address $15 to trade to start and enter them into a $20,000 giveaway. Robinhood reported earlier this year that its median user was just 31 years old and that more than half of its customers hadn't previously had a brokerage account. Robinhood has already has more than 3.8 million student customers. So trying to add to that number. Wow. That's how... uh that's how Elon Musk's uh, uh, X business became part of PayPal. They would just give cash to anyone who would, uh, they, they would create an account and deposit cash in it if the, if the individual would give over an email address. And then X, the online bank that Elon Musk ran, could say it had a lot of accounts in it. Well, hey, I guess that's one way to do it. Corey, what stocks are you drilling down on today? Let's start with exact science. Exact Sciences, E-X-A-S is how it trades. It shares rose today, but they've dropped 20% since the start of the year. Tell us about Exact. So uh, this company has a test for colon cancer. Um, now, the current state of the art in colon cancer detection, of course, is the colonoscopy, which doctors recommend you get, um, you know, in your late 40s, 50 years old or so, everyone should probably get one. And um, that's when they put the thing in the thing and it tests the thing and it looks around. And the thing, that's the right? thing that can save your life, right? And find out if you've got cancer. Uh, and um, uh, and it is it is it is a great test. It's a very effective test, um, but ne- a necessary big, test. And and because of the way you started to describe it, some people put it off and don't want to do it. Yep. And some people die as a result. Um, it yeah. Is one of the leading forms of cancer in this country. So Exact Sciences has a DNA based test that can show indications in that general direction. Uh, through blood. Um, I talked to a doctor about this recently who suggested that, yeah, maybe just so, so what? So they've got a DNA test. You still got to go get the colonoscopy to know for sure. Nonetheless, mm-hmm. this company is trying to convince doctors uh, that they should um, at least use this as a broader screening technique that patients are more likely to uh, uh, employ without the uh, disruption that a colonoscopy uh, can can cause in someone's life and even the, the concern people have about getting that, you know, that that uh, test. So um, they had a partnership with Pfizer for a long time. Uh, you mentioned the stock was up a few weeks ago, and we haven't talked about it on the show yet, so I thought I'd bring it to our attention today. About 400 former Pfizer employees came in mass to Exact Sciences um, as part of a deal with Pfizer, basically. These people um, were going to join Exact Sciences from Pfizer to sell this cancer screening test, Cologuard. Um, now, Pfizer um, has decided, you know, they decided a, a while back to kind of downsize their internal medicine area, uh, which is essentially knocking on doors of certain kinds of doctors. So a lot of these salespeople weren't going to be so important to Pfizer going forward. So Exact Sciences just swooped, swooped in and grabbed them all up. So what's interesting here is they're going to be focusing purely on this product, and they've got some experience meeting with uh, the doctors who could uh, pr- prescribe or or uh, this this test, this blood test, which might make all the difference in the world for the growth of exact sciences. Indeed, they think they could take this to other types of cancer. So Kevin Conroy, the CEO uh, of exact sciences, talked about the partnership with Pfizer and talked about how the, the priorities of the salespeople will be different, even though it's the same salespeople. 
Because they used to be Pfizer. Now they're going to be exact sciences. They've always represented Coligard. But it's also important because they have these deep relationships with the offices, yes, but primary care doctors are going to start to prescribe genomic testing mm-hmm. for the first time ever. And, and this, the shift in that kind of um, uh, testing that these doctors have just never done before, it's a pretty big deal. Uh, and knowing the salesperson who's pitching it to them might help here's CEO Kevin Conroy of Exact Sciences. Well, uh, the net impact is we think because they, they will become, they are now Exact Sciences employees, um, we can have um, a prioritization and focus based first on, on our needs. So we have always uh, had a, a partnership with Pfizer. However, of course, they had their own priorities and we were typically in second position throughout the course, uh, and by second position, meaning these reps first promoted a Pfizer product and then promoted uh, Cologuard. Um, and this is an opportunity for us to focus our portfolio through this in- incredibly capable sales force. And I think it's important to note that because of the duration of their experience at Pfizer, the typical rep has been in a territory, frequently a territory that they grew up in, uh, and they have deep relationships with offices. And it's critically important when you're moving into genomics in primary care, and the primary care doctor is the quarterback for cancer, cancer screening, helping patients navigate cancer, um, that, that there's a tremendous amount of, of education that is going to be required over the next decade. The best way to do that is face-to-face. And now they've got the people who, who get those meetings, who've knocked on those doors, doors before, and that sales force out there is seen as something that's really going to help exact sciences. Corey, what is your next drill down? Let's look at Valero Energy. Valero trades under VLO. Shares rose today and they've gained 42% over the past 12 months. What's new with Valero? Uh, big news out of Valero. Valero, of course, uh, not only has some gas stations that they uh, manage, and but they also, very importantly, are a giant refiner. And they've got some big operations on the Gulf Coast. They have begun restarting their St. Charles and Moreau refineries along the Mississippi River um, that were shut down after Hurricane Ida made landfall last month. Now, you're thinking big, dirty oil and, and uh, um, uh, gasoline, but really importantly, uh, their fact, their their plant um, uh, in Norco, Louisiana, that is a joint venture with Darling Ingredients, and um, is one that, uh, interestingly, uh, the St. Charles plant uh, makes clean diesel or makes renewable diesel, I should say, diesel made out of uh, animal fats and um, uh, mm. leftover cooking oil and so on. And they do this stuff uh, at great size. So what's interesting to me, though, is that they had to shut this thing down. The last we heard from this company was in August before the storms hit. And what they had to say at that point was that uh, they were rushing ahead to build yet another plant, their, their Diamond Green Renewable plant. They were going to build Diamond Green two and 2 and Diamond Green 3. And yes, they were able to restart this plant, uh, which the company announced yesterday actually in a press release. But they didn't say anything about how far are they along and if it slowed down their development to develop more of this renewable diesel business um, that they were saying was really uh, uh, benefit. They were benefiting from the timing of it. They had gone out and bought steel before steel prices rose so much. They had they had room uh, to build in shops 
because the room wasn't being used for anything else. The labor costs, because they had an early mover advantage, their labor costs were low in the Gulf. Well, none of that stuff is true anymore. So I think this is one to keep an eye on. Let's listen to what their, uh, their last earnings conference call, their senior vice president for alternative energy and project development spoke on that call. Here's Martin Parrish talking about how they had these advantages uh, in their favor in terms of time, timing with their uh, diamond green or DGD, diamond green diesel plants two and three, which were soon to come online. One thing you have to remember now is DGD3 is pretty much a carbon copy of DGD2, so that helped us. I mean, all the major equipment, uh, you know, we changed a little bit, but just tweaks. So we had a lot of the engineering uh, done sooner than you typically would have. Uh, now, obviously, we knew that when we funded it, but just getting out at, uh, you know, the market, uh, while steel prices and everything were up, we kind of beat all that to the market. So we had placed orders before that happened. Uh, the delivery is good. I mean, the shop space is there. The labor situation is really good on the on the Gulf Coast where we're building. So all those things, and then just you know having experience, we moved over experienced contractors from DGD two that had just built one of these units. So you know all the all the work, the structural work, concrete work, you know, structural steel's already going up. So we just got a really quick start out of the gates and uh, and we expect to be able to maintain that. So uh, in a nutshell, that's that's it, an experienced construction team and uh, and uh, getting out in front of these price increases and, and shop space has been really good for us. Or it was really good for them. We'll see if it remains good for them. Uh, again, one to keep an eye on because Obviously, the timing that was in their favor in late June maybe isn't uh, in their favor uh, here going forward. Corey, what's your next drill down? I want to look at a struggling company that was once a, a high flyer in Casper Sleep. Casper Sleep. Yeah, Casper was a hot topic uh, just a few years ago. Trades under CSPR shares fell today. And they've dropped over 42% in a year. So what's going on over at Casper? Yeah, this was a billion-dollar company, mm -hmm. uh, a unicorn. Um, they, they did a, an IPO that didn't go great, or a SPAC, I should say, is the way they finally placed the IPO. CEO Philip Krim has not been entirely focused on his company as it's been struggling. Um, I don't say that to be mean, but I'm being very accurate. He has not been entirely focused because he continues to launch SPACs in other industries. One today with a risk analytics firm called uh, Complex, which of course you spell with a Q, because why wouldn't you spell complex with a Q? <laughs> it's a complex spelling. But complex, complex, I don't know. They were talking about, they were gonna do a, a, a SPAC, they pulled the SPAC back, they're launching other SPACs, um, and uh, all of this SPAC activity, all this finance activity, has led to, a, um, you know, it comes while Casper is struggling, in particular, with cost. Now, there are some reports out there unconfirmed by the company of big layoffs, of C-suite layoffs, TechCrunch reporting a bunch of C-suite layoffs. Personally, I, I think that my guess is that TechCrunch reporting is wrong because the company hasn't verified these things yet and the reporting's been out there for a day. Nonetheless, it's unequivocally true that Casper Sleep has been facing some problems, not just with its share price, but with its gross margins. So part of the Casper model is not to manufacture the Casper mattresses but to have just-in-time inventory and buy the raw equipment, raw materials when you need them. Well, as we just heard from our last story, raw material prices were low. Now they're high. We were hearing about inflation for months and months. 
These guys are buying the principal ingredient for Casper mattresses is plastics and steel. So what you're, what you're dealing with in terms of expenses are, are oil prices. Oil prices are, are, are extraordinarily high. Plastic prices are extraordinarily high. And so the gross margins for Casper have been much worse than their competitors. On their last conference call, the analysts asked over and over again, what's up with your gross margins? They look, it's one of the analysts, they look a lot worse than all of your your competitors, what is it about Casper that you're not getting right? And again, you wonder about the CEO's focus if he's out there launching SPAC after SPAC after SPAC. Mm-hmm. Here is what CEO Philip Krim had to say, not about his other activities, but about the multiple factors pressuring their margins and their business model. Good morning. Um, I, I think I think you're just seeing um, the margins uh, again, it's multiple factors driving pressure on the margin in Q2. It, it was the rapid expansion of the retail partnership channel, putting margin pressure on it, as well as cost of goods inflation. Um, I think we, versus perhaps some uh, vertically integrated players, see the price increases show up faster given the just-in-time nature of our inventory position. Um, so, so some of the cost increases from our vendors might hit faster than it would if we had a stock supply of, manuf- of the raw materials that we need to make it. So I do think there is a timing difference of how some of the raw material price increases hit our business versus a vertically integrated peer. Um, but overall, you know, we're buying the same chemicals. It's impacting our business the way that it would, you know, even if you were vertically integrated. Um, but there, there definitely could be some timing differences given the, the third party implications. It also means that as raw materials drop, it's going to show up in our P&L faster um, as, you know, again, it's all being produced uh, in, in just in time. So no plans to change the way they manufacture things, no plans to hedge out. It sounds like any of the prices of those raw materials uh, just kind of set it and forget it seems to be the business plan there, uh, which can't be reassuring to watch the CEO focusing on all, launching all these specs, not, not just his struggling business. Well, coming up next, we're going to look at a really interesting company involved in some groundbreaking technology to fight cancer uh, and to fight a particular kind of cancer that's uh, particularly noxious. Legend Biotech CEO Dr. Ying Wang joins us right after this. The Drill Down is brought to you by Braintrust, a global talent network that matches highly skilled technical freelancers with the world's most reputable brands. Braintrust has helped clients like Bank of America, Goldman Sachs, Porsche, Under Armour, and more build agile tech teams fast at a fraction of the cost. Visit Braintrust.com, that's B-R-A-I-N-T-R-U-S-T.com to learn more. And The Drill Down is brought to you by Indeed. When you pay for a job site, you should know what you're getting. Well, get Indeed and pay for quality candidates meet your must-have requirements. Don't just hope for the perfect candidate. Indeed's hiring tools will help you cut through the noise and hire faster and smarter. With Indeed assessments, choose from 135 skill tests to make sure you're finding applications from people with the skills you need. According to Talent Nest, Indeed delivers four times more hires than all other job sites combined and one and a half times more hires than even internal referrals. So join more than 3 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. Get started right now. Drill Down listeners get a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash drill down. That's right, a $75 credit at Indeed.com slash drill down. That's Indeed.com slash drill down. Offer valid through September 30. Terms and conditions apply. Welcome back to the Drill Down Podcast. As promised, Ying Wang joins us right now, the CEO of Legend Biotech. What a great name for any company, Legend. 
Um, and I hope this becomes a legendary company because of the hard work, what you're working on. Um, Ying, wh what do you explain the sort of big mission of this company? Yeah, sure. Um, Corey, thanks for inviting Legend Biotech and myself to the show. Um, so in a nutshell, we are a clinical stage biotech company that focuses on discovery, development, and manufacturing of cell therapies for uh, oncology or cancer diseases. That's what we do. So if we focus on um, the cell therapy versus stem cell therapy, uh, I'm going to try to explain it because obviously I'm the PhD here. Oh, wait, no, that'd be, that'd be you actually. That'd be, uh, um, but uh, I don't know a damn thing about this stuff, but here's what I think. As I understand it, uh, stem cell therapy is when you go into, since we're talking about oncology, talking about cancer, when you go into a cancer patient's cells, you pull out some cells, uh, specifically usually targeting T cells, and you pull out some cells and do a genetic change to those cells and then reintroduce them, maybe grow them, then reintroduce them into that person's body with this sort of genetically improved, modified version of the cell and let those multiply and hopefully kill the cancer. Cell therapy is just finding the cells that are supposed to be fighting the cancer, encourage them and, and grow them outside of the body, and then redeploy them into that person's body to go after the cancer. Is that right? Um, so roughly, yes, correct. Okay. Um, so um, T-cell is a part of our natural defense system in our body. Right. Everyone has um, T-cells. Oh, correct. So we're actually uh, really focused on T-cells now. However, the problem is, right, um, when you look at the uh, cancer patients, their T-cells are tricked by the cancer because cancer cells are very smart. They mutate. They also evade the so-called immune surveillance by our body, including our B-cells, our T-cells. These are the first-line defense for a uh, human body. So what we do here at Legend is that we take the T-cells from the patient's own body, and then we use genetic engineering to decorate that T-cells with a car, which is an antibody. Um, so what does that antibody do? You know, all these cancer cells, they express certain antigens on the surface of the cancer cells. And in this case, for Legend, our lead program is uh, targeting BCMA or B-cell maturation antigen on myeloma cells, which is the uh, white blood uh, cells cancer. So these cancer cells express um, BCMA on their uh, surface, and that's the target, right? Now, T-cells basically are the defense, but, um, you know, what we but do the is defense isn't working. So when a cancer, a cancer can confuse it, a T-cell would normally target a cancer and target, target a foreign element like a cancer and attack it and keep it from growing. But the cancers are able to usually trick the T cells, right? Exactly. So that's why we need an improved version, a weaponized T cell, so to speak. So what we do is that we target this BCMA antigen on the myeloma cells, and then we find a specific antibody, which is basically kind of like the guided missile, right? So, um, you know, if you have T cells, but then they cannot recognize the target, they cannot go seek and kill the cancer cells. So what we do is we put a car on the uh, T cells from the body through genetic engineering. Then we grow those cells significantly to make them into like a large quantity. And then we infuse those cells back into the patient's body. So now you have a souped up version weaponized T cells that can recognize specifically this cancer antigen on myeloma cells. And then these so T cells- So myeloma cells, just to be, I'm, I'm gonna keep interrupting just so I can start, start to keep up because I don't keep up with this very well, but myeloma cells, cancer in the plasma cells, right? Which is, in Correct. other words, it's a cancer that may have initially um, happened in one place, but it's starting to get carried through the body, through the plasma, which of course is when cancer becomes the most dangerous, when it's not just 
call it not just lung cancer, but it's spreading, uh, well, in that case might spread through the lymph nodes, but also maybe through the plasma cells uh, in the blood or, or other cancers that may spread from one place in the body to others. And that's when it becomes sort of so deadly. Yeah. So um, for example, multiple myeloma is a cancer of plasma cells. It may originate in the bone marrow. However, it could spread around the body. That's why, for example, it could metastasize to the bone. That's why multiple myeloma patients would feel the bone pain because the cancer is spreading to the bones. Um, so that's exactly what you described. Is every myeloma, I'm, and I'm sorry, this is so basic. Is every myeloma a multiple myeloma? Uh, yeah, interchangeable? we use myeloma as a short form for multiple myeloma. So it means the same thing. Okay, just to be clear. Okay, so please, let's continue. So, so you have figured out a way to, to alter the T cells so they'll go back into the body and specifically attach the, the, the cancer in the plasma cells, not in, in, in any bone cancer or lung cancer or, you know, breast cancer, colon cancer, whatever. Yeah, so our um, sister cell is really specifically targeted for multiple myeloma or the uh, cancer cells, um, in this case for the uh, B cell here, right? And where are you right now in, in sort of the testing of this and rolling this out? Because... This is really new. This is stuff that didn't exist five or 10 years ago. That is correct. Um, T-cell therapy or CAR-T is a brand new idea. Um, you know, I, I think most consumers are familiar with two types of drugs, right? The first one is you pop in the mouth once a day. It's a tablet, it's a pill. And then for the last uh, 30, 40 years, there's another type of uh, antibodies, right? Which is typically injectable through either subcutaneous um, injection or uh, IV injection, IV intravenous right. injection. Those are antibodies, right? Protein drugs. Um, T cell as a therapeutic modality really is a very new idea. The first uh, FDA approved T cell therapy was only approved uh, four years ago in 2017. So this is a brand new area in the field of uh, uh, biotech or pharmaceuticals. And yet there are thousands. I saw one report that said there were over 8,000 clinical trials going on right now testing different types of stem cell and cell therapies. Yeah, there are thousands of trials um, looking at this modality as a treatment today because we have seen explosive growth on uh, T-cell and also the other types of cell therapy in the last few years. Unfortunately, we've also seen tremendous growth in cancer. It's, it, is, it is a race. Correct. Um, We're racing against cancer. It does seem that there's also um, a, a big, um, when it comes to treatment, that this treatment not, might not be for everybody and that there's, there's a, a, a theory that goes alongside of this, which is that if you can detect, if you can do genetic testing of a person to see if they're likely to be um, receptive to this kind of therapy, you can avoid giving it to people who wouldn't benefit from it. Right. Um, so, you know, what we're talking about is a precision therapy. That means right. we can have a highly precise therapy just really um, for this type of a cancer, right? So the good thing about multiple myeloma in this case is that the large majority, or almost all multiple myeloma patients, if you look at their cancer cells, they always express this BCMA antigen. That is why um, our therapy should be widely applicable to multiple myeloma patients because this BCMA antigen is expressed almost in, I'm almost close to 100% of myeloma cells. Interesting. Um, as, as you, you know, the, what happens to a patient in the short history we have of this, when a patient's actually receiving cell therapy and it's working, it's really hard on the patient because the body is essentially a battle zone where this cancer has grown and spread and now is being attacked and taking all the energy out of the body. And uh, the, the, from what I've read and heard about this is that the, the suffering of the patients who are getting better is really profound. 
What can you tell me about that and what, what you know about this as it relates to legend? Yeah, sure. So in general, um, it's not necessarily an easy treatment. The reason is, first of all, we have to collect the T cells from the body. So that requires the patient to have, you know, basic uh, physical fitness, right? They need to be fit enough to um, do this. And then once we collect all these T cells, then we send that to our manufacturing um, plant for uh, um, manufacturing, including genetic engineering, so-called transduction, to express this car on their T cells. And then we have to expand those T cells into a therapy, uh, therapeutic dose, which is a very large quantity of cells. And then you have to do the purification, quality control, and finally you freeze that cells and then uh, send it out back to the uh, treatment centers or hospitals right. to the patient will be treated. After that, uh, we have to do standard what we call lymphodepletion. So the reason is you have to make the room for these T cells in order to do that. You have to use some chemotherapy to remove the existing so lymphodepletion. So you give them a, a lot of extra chemotherapy for somebody yeah, we, who's already sick. You know, the, the human body can only tolerate so many chemo, uh, a handful, really, chemotherapy treatments, right? Yeah. So we give them standard three to five day course of fludarabine and uh, cyclophosphamide, which will deplete the endogenous um, existing T cell population in the body to make room for these therapeutic CAR T. Um, and after that, you get a standard one-time infusion of the CAR-T. Um, so what we have seen so far in the last few years is that um, there are two types of uh, common adverse events. One is uh, cytokine release syndrome. You have a large quantity of T-cells infused back to the body, and that activates the secretion of cytokines. Um, so these cytokines can cause fever, hypotension, and uh, other adverse events you have to deal with. The other one is a neurotox. So sometimes you do see that um, um, you do see, for example, headache or confusion or some other movement disorder as a result of T-cell therapy. So these are the two common adverse events the patients would have to deal with. Now, where are you as it relates to the studies and how far along are you in your, in your testing of, of your treatments and your therapies? So along with our uh, global partner, Janssen Pharmaceutical, which is part of the uh, Johnson Johnson company, Right. Uh, we have already completed uh, a pivotal phase two trial in the U.S. Uh, in uh, 97 patients here in the U.S. And uh, uh, we have already submitted so-called BLA, biologic license application to the U.S. FDA. Uh, FDA has a signed priority review with a uh, Purdue for action date of November 29th of this year. So if everything goes well, we're hoping to get approval uh, by November 29th. And then uh, this uh, drug will be available for patients in the U.S. Um, at the same time, Wait, you don't have to go through a phase three trial. Uh, not in this case. The reason is in those um, 97 patients, right, in a CAR to one clinical trial, Jensen and uh, Legend, we enrolled the patients who have already been treated with uh, at least three types of therapies that are common in the market for uh, microbiome. And unfortunately, these patients either are refractory. That means they just don't respond to the therapies right. or they're relapsing, which means they responded. However, the cancer is progressing again. So essentially, these patients um, have no existing options anymore. Um, so in that case, we're allowed to um, submit for application for marketing with only a pivotal phase two study. And at that point, will you be able to use the patient data? I mean, I should know this stuff, but will you be able to use the patient data from those people who've run out of options? And would you be able to use the data you get from them to apply for a broader approval to be, to be used over time? And, and how, what kind of time frame might that be? 
Right. So in theory, um, in the United States, um, actually doctors are legally allowed to have off-label use, but obviously we're not recommending or promoting for that. So we believe that the drug will be mostly used in patients who have exhausted treatment options with myeloma. However, Jensen and Legend are also conducting a couple other global phase three trials now in hundreds of patients in each to evaluate the treatment potential for cell in early lines of therapy uh, for myeloma, including frontline patients. Uh, those trials are ongoing as we speak. So it might take a few years before we can actually expand the label to early lines of multiple myeloma. And yet you, it's interesting because this is a single treatment. I mean, the treatment is involved and there are many things, aspects to it, but it really is a single treatment. People don't have to go in for multiple reinjections of these, uh, 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 you know, superpowered T cells. So that is the beauty of CAR T therapy. It's uh, designed to be a one-time treatment and you don't need to come back to the clinic again and again for repeated uh, doses. It's curious to me that you, when I look through your, your resume, that, you know, you were a, a, a biotech analyst, right, for a long time. You were at Credit Suisse and at Barclays and, and you know, B of A Merrill Lynch. And you made the jump here as to be CFO, and then you become CEO shortly thereafterwards. Uh, wh- why this company, of all the companies that, you, you know, presumably you've, you've come across a few that you thought were, um, had some exciting opportunities, be it financial and medical? Yeah. Um, so I was an analyst for 12 years and I did work for many different uh, investment banks on Wall Street. And my last job was uh, at BFA Merrill, uh, where I used to cover uh, 40 some about the companies. Um, so what really led my decision to join Legend in uh, 2019 as a CFO, really, because um, I saw the tremendous uh, potential for this uh, treatment. First of all, BCMA um, is a very validated target because we have seen both preclinical and also clinical data to show that this is a good treatment target for multiple myeloma. Yeah. And also um, our early phase uh, in phase one trial called Legend 2, we already saw very high um, response rate, which is, you know, uh, compared to what the existing therapy, this is actually amazing improvement by looking at, um, you know, 88% of response rate and also 70% of a complete response rate. That means 70% of the patients actually saw remission from cancer. So that is really very impressive data, which uh, really impressed me a lot. Um, secondly, I do think that we're at the uh, very early um, era of uh, cell therapy. Um, you know, if I really want to come back to the industry, I think I would rather work for a cutting edge company, um, for a uh, company where you have, uh, you know, really science breakthrough rather than working on the last generation technology. So that's another reason why I want to join a cell therapy company. And then lastly, I think, you know, if you look at the stage of development, we already started um, the pivotal phase two study back in 2019. So I knew that within hopefully a couple of years, we'd be able to bring this um, potentially uh, important therapy to patients. And that's another important reason why I want to do this, because I really want to see that, you know, I can touch and I can experience bringing a therapy from the lab bench all the way to the best side of a patient. That's a very um, interesting experience. That's why I joined the company 20 years uh, so, Interesting. Now, is this, let me ask you finally, is there hope that this could, if this works, that it could expand beyond, maybe not this exact drug certainly, but expand beyond um, you know, this particular um, myeloma and to look at other types of cancers that grow in similar ways um, and, and might also respond to improved T-cell response? Yeah, that's entirely possible. In fact, our research and development staff are looking at some other indications where 
this drug itself may benefit. Um, and then broadly speaking, um, allegedly, we're also working on some other therapies for solid tumor indications and also for other hematology cancers. Um, so, so far, um, we know that T-cell therapy as a treatment modality can bring about impressive efficacy in hematology cancers, including leukemia, myeloma, and also lymphoma. However, we have a scarcity of clinical data to show this type of T-cell therapy can work very well for solid tumor, including lung cancer, uh, liver cancer, gastric cancer, breast cancer, right? There's a lot of cancer out there we could uh, use this technology for. So we're working very hard to bring uh, potentially uh, this therapy for solid tumor indications as well. Really interesting stuff. Uh, I, I don't think it's the role of a journalist to wish a company well or wish a CEO well um, because companies are going to do what they're going to do. But in this case, <laughs> fighting cancer, boy, we all hope that this works uh, as it relates to myeloma and who knows what else. We'll keep an eye on this company as well. Um, so Ying Wang, we appreciate your time, uh, the CEO of Legend Biotech. When, when the drill down continues, we'll have one number that tells us a lot more about Legend Biotech. Uh, fascinating company going after some big things and taking on some big problems. We'll have that number when the drill down continues. The drill down is brought to you by ERA. With ERA, give yourself an information advantage. Connect directly to earnings calls and other investor events with live transcription and event intelligence. That's ERA, A-I-E-R-A dot com. And the drill down is now available on Player FM. Go to Player FM. You can click the subscribe button so you can catch every show. And indeed, you can leave a, a, a review of this of the show and tell other people what you like about the drill down. And let us know what companies you think we should be drilling down on. Talk to us on Twitter and Instagram by following at DrillDownPod. And connect with us directly at our website, bizpod.net. We're back with the Drill Down Bite, that one number that tells us a, a whole lot. We've learned a whole lot about the cancer treatments coming out of Legend Biotech. Uh, the company, however, is already generating some revenues. In fact, in 2020, and here's your number, the company generated $75.7 million in revenues. So already on their way to a business, but uh, huge losses in that year. And their hope is for um, better things, both for their income statement, their cash flow statement, and maybe more importantly, for cancer patients uh, worldwide. Yeah, you know, listening to this CEO, uh, Dr. Wang, he he, uh, he can't help but fill you with a little bit of confidence what, what they're doing. They have their, keep their eyes on the prize of beating this cancer. You've been listening to the Drill Down Podcast. We appreciate your time. I'm Corey Johnson. Isaac Webster is our executive producer. Ben Wilson is our editor extraordinaire. The Drill Down is a production of the Business Podcast Network.